The title of my message today is Clean Up the Clutter. Clean Up the Clutter. Studies show that a cluttered room or a cluttered office makes you feel anxious, tense. You can lose focus. You can lose sleep. You have a hard time with your emotions that when your environment is cluttered, it's a problem for you. It's unhealthy. And what happens is things have a place they go in your house or your office, don't they? And it's not the floor and it's not the exercise bike or wherever you throw everything, right? And I'm talking to me too, right? Uh, They have a place they go, but we don't take the time to put them where they go. And what happens is one thing is left there. And in your mind, you don't realize it, but in, in the depths of your mind and in your emotions, there's a little chore. There's something that's there that is sort of a negative note in your mind and in your emotions. And when you get one of those things and then two of those things and then three of those things and then 10 and 20, pretty soon that compounds and it causes problems for people. It can be one of those things where you could function much better than you do if you just clean up the clutter in your home or your office. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? Sometimes my office, I get busy and it gets so cluttered and messy and I just have to stop from time to time and clean the place up because I feel emotionally cluttered and mentally cluttered and messed up and I just got to clean everything up. That's the answer to a cluttered room is to clean it up. Can somebody say amen or oh me? Did you know that like your office or your living room, You can have a cluttered soul, a cluttered mind, cluttered emotions where the events of your life, both good and bad, are lying all around in your memories. There's an an easy feeling of anxiousness, fear, stress, bad emotions, regret from the past, pain from the past, difficulties from the past. You may have faced some difficult times in your life. God brought you through some trials But they clutter your mind and your emotions and you don't realize that they're making an impact on your life. There's a place they should go. Let me say that again. There's a place they should go and it takes effort to put them there. Are you hearing me today? You have to take the time to put them where they go so you can be healthy again. Today, I want to help you clean up the clutter in your life so that you can be as healthy as possible, mentally, emotionally ready and prepared to grow in Christ and mature in your faith. How does clutter start? You know, it starts because you, you know, you have a a workout shirt and you come in and you're in a hurry and you just throw it down and there it is. You just drop it where you are. You're, You're in a rush to get into the shower and so you just drop your clothes right where they are. You come in and you leave your billfold and your your purse or whatever you have in your arms and you just drop it on the table. And before you know it, after uh, days and days and weeks, there's all this stuff scattered everywhere because you just haven't taken the time. You've just kind of left it where it is. Let me tell you something you may not realize. There are some events in your past that if you don't put them where they go, you sort of just drop them where they landed. You know what I'm saying? Like the thoughts that you had when you went through that difficult time in your life are the same thoughts you have when you remember it. The emotions that you felt when you went through it in your life are the same emotions that you feel when you remember it. It's like you've taken that event and you got through it. Yes, God brought you through it, but you just dropped it right where it was and it's still there. And from time to time, you're stepping over it. It's cluttering up your mind. It's messing up your emotions. 
And God wants us to deal with it, to clean up the clutter. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to clean up your clutter. Come on, say it with passion. I want you to turn to James chapter 1. I'm going to get into the word and show you where this is all in the word. James chapter 1, 2 through 4. Thank you, Jesus. If you have a pen and paper, I'm going to give you some lists today, too, that you might want to write down. Thank you, Lord. If not, you can find this message online and go through it again and get the list. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. How many of you ever been through some trials before? You know, if you're breathing, you've been through some trials, right? You've been through some difficulties, and if everything's going good in your life right now, there's a trial coming your way. It is coming your way. Part of the human experience is to go through difficult, devastating things in our lives. I want you to get some things, specifically six things out of this Verses of scripture that we just need to take note of very quickly. You can write these down if you want. What is this scripture saying to us? Number one, it's saying that you will have trials. Come on, get that. Don't act so shocked every time you have a trial, Christian, as if God abandoned you or something like that. Jesus himself said, in this world you will have trouble. In this world you will have trouble. And when you have a problem and it hits you and you're kind of freaked out by it at first, just remind yourself that having trials is part of being a human. Even Christians have problems. The scripture teaches us also that trials can be tests in our lives. Tests in our lives. Number three, the test is not for God to see where you are. The test is for you to see where you are. We often say things like, well, God's testing you to see what you're made of. No, God knows what you're made of. God's not guessing and putting you through a test to see what you're made of. God knows where you are and what you need. God is testing you so he can show you where you are. Because you need to take some action about your life. Come on. Number four, you should be growing and maturing. Do you know that? This scripture tells us that you're being perfected. You're supposed to be growing and maturing. And that, that word perfected really means maturing, not being a perfect person, but being perfected in Christ. In other words, becoming a more mature Christian. Amen? If you're the same today that you were a year ago, I want to ask you why. If you're the same today as you were five years ago, I want to ask you why. God is working on you to grow you. Number four, or number five, rather, trials and tests are one of the ways that God grows us. Amen? God doesn't just grow us through wonderful times. We like to think of God this way, that God's going to increase our faith and build us up by providing a miracle for us. And that's just going to inspire us and give us more faith. And you know what? Sometimes that happens. He, he does a miracle and it just just lifts us up and we just trust him more than ever. And that's wonderful. But that's only one of the ways. In fact, God wants to use the difficult times in your life. He doesn't make them come upon you, but he uses them to build you and make you stronger. Because listen, God is not in the business of making your life easier. He's in the business of making you stronger. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Finally, today, number six, what's being tested 
is your faith. It's the testing of your faith. Now, I just said he's making you stronger. Let me clarify what I mean by that. I don't mean that I went through something and now I am just stronger than ever. Mylon Avery is stronger than ever. No. uh, Sometimes we think, well, we go through something that makes us wiser and it makes us more stable and all of these other things. The truth is, it's not a test that's going to build your strength or your wisdom or your stability. It's a test that's going to build your faith. I have learned through the difficulties that I go through that I am still as weak as I ever was. In fact, the more you go through stuff with God, the more you realize how weak you are. And that your strength is not found in you, it's found in your faith in God. Is somebody with me today? Come on, amen. I have found that going through things doesn't necessarily make Mylon Avery smarter and wiser. What it makes Mylon Avery realize is that I've got to trust in the promises of God and that his word is true and not in my wisdom or my abilities, but having faith in him. Going through things has tested my faith. It doesn't show me that I'm more solid and more stable. What it tells me is that I can rely upon God who cannot be moved. Amen? Are you getting that? It's the testing of your faith. God is building you so that you will trust in him, believe in him, have faith in him. Not so that you get stronger and smarter and wiser and start believing in yourself and trusting in yourself and trusting in your wisdom. No, the closer you get to God, the less you rely on you and the more you rely on God. Amen? Come on. So I got another list for you. We're going to go through real quick. It's how you go through a test i got four things to help you go through a test. When you're going through a trial in your life, this is number one, don't freak out. Don't freak out. No, once again, remember that these are part of life. Difficulties are part of life. You're not immune from it. I know everybody thinks that they're the special one. They're God's favorite, and God would never let that happen to you. Can I tell you something? God loves you enough to let some stuff happen to you. Come on. He loves you enough to grow you through difficulties, so don't freak out. Many people have messed up their situations by having a knee-jerk reaction to something that happened to them. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Find your peace in him and don't freak out, number one. Number two, recognize trials as an opportunity to grow. I think people miss this all the time. A problem comes and they think to themselves, oh my God, I got to go through this. Why I got to go through this? They're so worried about the emotion and the difficulty of it all. And they forget that on the other side of it all, that you're going to be more mature, more perfected, have a greater level of faith. If you look at it that way, going in, it gives you the ability to endure. Number three, run to God, not from him. There are a lot of people today who aren't in church because a trial came their way. And they got mad at God because a trial came their way. And they're still mad at God because God didn't do what they wanted or God allowed something to happen. He could have stopped it and he didn't. And it's, it's, it's okay to wonder and to ask. But you know what? Faith is something that we need the most when we're going through a trial and a difficulty. Come on, are you with me? It's easy to have faith when everything's going well. It's difficult to have faith when all of the natural circumstances around you look bad and all you've got is trusting God. And people are telling you, you got to move, you got to let go, you got to do something different. And God is just saying, hold on to me. Just hold on to me. Trust me. Just grab my hand. Don't let go of your faith. It's when you need faith the most. 
Listen, the devil's going to whisper in your ear, why would God allow that? Why would God let that happen to you? And if you believe that and you run from God, you're going to miss your opportunity to grow in your faith. Come on. Don't freak out. Recognize it as an opportunity. Run to God, not from him. And here's a big one, number four. I say this all the time. Leave the outcome to God. Let God decide how it's going to turn out. Because what happens when you decide how it's supposed to turn out and then you expect God to do what you want? Well, number one, you've become God in a sense. You've kind of decided how things should be. And number two, you miss out on the best thing because God has your best interest at heart. And let me tell you, you don't always know what your best interest is. Come on, some of you, some of you, there's a lady somewhere that wanted to marry this guy. I thought it was the love of her life. And he left her and she just was so sad and so blue and so terrible. And then you found out he was a bad dude. And today, every time you think of him, you're like, oh, thank God. God didn't let me marry him. Thank God. God didn't answer my prayer and make him uh, marry me and all of this. And there are so many things in your life where you think you know what's best. But God knows what's best. And if you trust him, if you leave the outcome to him, come on. If you say, God, whatever you decide is okay by me. You see, it's not really the deepest level of trust if you're saying, God, do it my way. Or if you're saying, God, tell me what you're going to do and then explain to me why you're doing it that way. There's a deeper level of trust where you say, God, whatever you want is okay with me because I know you and I know you love me and I know you got my best interest at heart and I know that when eternity hits, we're all going to be together and none of this is even going to matter anymore. Hallelujah. So get through the test. Don't freak out. Recognize it as an opportunity to grow. Run to God, not from him. Let God decide how it should turn out. God's will be done. Let me ask you a question. What happens after you take a test and pass? You get promoted, don't you? You go from second grade to third grade. huh? You go from high school into college. You know, you, you, you go from not having the job to having the job. You get promoted when you pass the test. Hallelujah. What is the promotion that James talks about? It means more faith in God. It doesn't mean that you're necessarily better in your flesh. It means that you trust God like you've never trusted him before. How many of you know somebody and you look at them and how they have faith in God through everything and you would say, I want to trust God the way they do. You know how they got there? They weren't born that way. They've been through some stuff with God. They've been through some little things and they trusted God and God came through. They've been through some medium-sized things and they trusted God and God came through. Come on, somebody. And then they've been through some heavy stuff, some stuff that would have knocked normal people off their feet, but they trusted God and God saw him through. I'm reminded of David who said, I've been young and I've been old. And I've never seen God's people forsaken or a seed begging for bread. What was he saying? He was saying, I've been through some stuff with God and I trust him now more than ever. Hallelujah. You don't get to a place like that unless you go through some stuff. You got to go through some trials and some difficulties. And when you do, you're going to grow. Some of you today, God's brought you through some stuff, but you're not done yet. You don't know you're not done, but I'm here to tell you, you're not done yet. Because you've got to put that thing, that trial, that difficulty, you've got to put it where it goes. Put it where it goes. 
You know, most of us have uh, two boxes in our life. One says sorrow. Let's put sorrow over here. And one says joy. Preachers like to use this. I've said this several times. Through the sorrows and the joys of life. Through the bad times and the good times. And we look over our life and we remember the sorrows we've been through and the joys we've been through. We've been through the difficulties and we've been through the good times. And there's some stuff that we hadn't even put in a basket yet. There's some that we've put in a basket. We've, we've looked over the, the problem they had with our children and that was the sorrow. We put it in the sorrow. We looked over the memories and we just dropped it into the bucket of sorrow. Yep, that was a, when I was sick, that was a difficult time. When I lost my job, that was a difficult time. I remember that time that uh, your wife and you got separated and that was a difficult time. And I, I remember uh, the challenges that we faced as a, as a church and everything was uh, hard and, and that was a difficult time. Boy, those are the sorrows. We like to throw stuff in the sorrow bucket. But I want to read something to you again. James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials and tests. You know, I did some research on the word all in here. And in the original language, the word all, consider it all. In the original language, that word all means this, all. It means everything. And I know what some of you are thinking today. You're thinking, yeah, I know all except for this thing. This devastating thing that happened to me. No way, pastor, am I supposed to consider it joy. I know he's talking maybe generally, but you know what? The word all means all. It means there's not one thing left out. All. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials and temptations. Oh, now this is getting hard. I'm going to ask you to do some stuff that's not easy, but it's good for you. It's the kind of stuff that maybe like cleaning your home you don't want to do, but if you do it, it's good for you, and it's going to help you move forward and grow. Yes, we've got to understand that God wants us to consider all the sorrows all the difficulties, all the challenges, all the tests and trials we've been through as joy. How in the world am I supposed to do that, Pastor? How am I supposed to do that? Consider it all joy. Some of us, our joy box doesn't have a whole lot in it. Maybe the time our children were born or something like that, and we consider that a joy. And we've got a few things in our joy box, but we've got a lot of memories about our sorrow box. And, and then there's a lot of stuff that we hadn't even dealt with yet that's just laying all over the memories of our life, and we haven't put it in places where it goes. And I'm here to tell you today, God wants you to put it where it goes so you can move forward in him. Consider it all joy. Now, Seriously, let's look at what that word consider means in its original language. That word is hegiomahi, hegiomahi. It's the Greek word, and it has an interesting definition, what it refers to and means. We think of consider like James is telling us, hey, sit down here and let me give you an option. Maybe have you considered it all joy? Have you ever thought of that? That's the way we think of the word consider, but that's not what it means. The word consider in the original language means to lead with authority into an account or place. Let me say that one more time. You got to get this. 
to lead with authority into an account or a place. Some of you today, you've gone through a difficulty in your life. You got through it. You just dropped your thoughts and your emotions on the floor. They landed wherever they landed. And you have allowed your thoughts to lead you. You've allowed your emotions to lead you and tell you where to categorize, where to take that thing, what account to put that in. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants us. James is telling us here, you lead the way. You've got to master your thoughts. You've got to master your emotions. You've got to master your memories. Oh, you never thought of that, did you? I thought my memories were just my memories, how they affected me emotionally and the thoughts I had. They were just mine. But no, he is saying carefully take the time. Go around the room of your life and remember things. Remember that time uh, that you lost your job and your career and and it seemed like it was all over. And then don't let your emotions tell you what that experience means. You lead your emotions. You lead your memories and you decide, you know what? God had a better job for me anyway, so I'm going to put that in the joy column. Amen? Yes, in that time, oh, that man didn't ask me to marry him. Oh, how horrible. And, and yet now I realize it wasn't God's will, and so I'm just going to drop that one. It was heartache. It hurt. I cried tears, but I'm going to drop that in the joy because I know God's got a better plan for me. Amen? That time I got sick and it was in the hospital for a long time. I remember that. And I thought I was going to die and I was devastated by it. Oh, but God brought me through. Hallelujah. And here I am, so I'm dropping this in the joy column. And I know what you're thinking. Yeah, Pastor, it's easy to do that when God uh, delivers you here on earth. But I'm here to tell you today, there's an even deeper way that you can consider it all joy. Consider it all joy. I'm going to tell you how today. How is it that when someone doesn't come out of the hospital, you can consider it joy? How is it today when you get divorced and the love of your life, and it wasn't meant to be a divorce, but they left you, how do you consider it joy? When you lost a career that you knew was right for you and was good for you, how do you consider it joy? When your health goes downhill, when the doctor tells you you have cancer, how do you consider it joy? How do you consider it joy? I want to help you today, Romans 8, 28, because in all things, once again, there's that word all. It doesn't mean sometimes, it means in all things, God is at work for the good of those who love them, who are the called according to his purpose, hallelujah. I know because of the promise in Romans 8, 28 that I may not see it, but I know God is at work in my situation. He didn't bring the storm, but he knows how to walk on the water in the middle of it. He didn't bring the crowd, but he knows how to feed 5,000 with a small amount. Yes, God can do it. I don't have to understand it. I just have to trust that in all things, God is at work for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That's number one. I know the promise of God. Number two, I remember. Sometimes you just got to remind yourself. You know, it's like the children of Israel. God parted the waters and led them through on dry ground. And as soon as they got to the other side, they forgot and started grumbling and complaining and thinking they were going to die and thinking they couldn't survive. They had forgotten what God did at the Red Sea. And you know what? We're just like that. God has done so many miracles in our lives. He has led us through difficult times. Time and time again, God has been faithful, and we forget. And we come upon another challenge, and we freak out and wonder why God didn't deliver us from it. Well, God's not done yet, can I promise you that? Hallelujah. But I remember... 
because I've been through some stuff with my God. I don't know about you today, church, but I've been through some stuff with God. I've been through some challenges with God. I've been through some stuff with my kids and my wife and God. I've been through some stuff where it's just me and Kathy and God. And I've been through some stuff where it was just me and God and God's the only one who knew it. And I didn't know how it was going to turn out, how I was going to make it. But I remember this, my God is faithful. Hallelujah. He has been faithful in the little things. He's faithful in the medium-sized things. And he's faithful in the big things. When I look back over my life, it's a testimony to the faithfulness of God and I am encouraged by my past because I see the hand of God, how he has kept me and brought me through. He's promised he would work in the difficult times in my life. I remember what he's done for me. Number three, going through it strengthened my faith. Once again, I, I look at now and I feel like I'm more mature than I've ever been as a Christian and I realize that going through these difficult times in my life, it wasn't, it wasn't that I got stronger really. It was that I realized how weak I am and how much I needed to depend on God, which the, the equation leads to this, that makes you stronger. And I wasn't necessarily smarter, it just made me realize how not smart I am and I needed to rely on the wisdom of God. And so when I relied on the wisdom of God, God answered my prayer, which leads to I became wiser. Are you following me today? And that as I've gone through difficulties, it isn't necessarily myelin that's gotten better. It's God that's gotten bigger. Hallelujah. And that he's done miracles for me that I never thought possible. Hallelujah. Because he strengthened my faith. I wouldn't be who I am today without him because trials, number four, are a part of my story. You can't tell my story without the sorrows and the difficulties and the challenges of my life. You can't tell my testimony without talking about the sin that God brought me out of. You can't tell my story without the, the times that the doctor, we sat in the office and the doctor told Kathy she wouldn't live past five years. I can't tell you about the times that our kids went one way and we prayed and, and had to worry and stay up all night long. I can't tell you about the times that the ministry was not going the way we wanted and we wondered if we were doing the right thing and if it would ever get straightened down. I can't tell you about the time in 2015 when we got the call that my brother was gone and what that did to our family. I can't tell you about the numerous times and difficulties in my life where God has been faithful. And it's not my strength, it's my story. It's not my wisdom, it's my message. It's my testimony that through every difficulty in my life, underneath all the pain, underneath all the questions and the wondering and the why, I have learned to trust Jesus. I have learned to have faith in him. I don't have to have fear. I don't have to flinch. I don't have to worry. I don't have to cry myself to sleep at night because I know my God has me in his hand. I have been through some stuff and these trials are a part of my story. So you know what I've been doing? This week I've been cleaning the clutter out of my life. I've been going through some memories that have emotions attached to them that are a negative and thoughts that are negative. And some of it is stuff that tells me I'm no good and can't ever get it done mistakes and failures and problems and I've been digging up some of those old memories and I've been considering it all joy. And let me tell you something. Some of it I can tell you why it's joy. There's an explanation for why it's joy. Let me give you an example. You could get diagnosed with cancer. 
devastating thing. Not to take anything away from it, but you know what a spiritually mature person does? They know this. If God heals me, oh, glory to God. If he doesn't heal me and I live with it for a long time, I can be an inspiration to people. I can show them how to walk through sickness and not let go of God. If I pass and God takes me to heaven, well, I've never been more healed in my life. Do you see how through underneath all of the pain and the difficult diagnosis and all of the sorrow, if you pay attention, if you carefully consider, if you lead with your spirit and not with your emotions, you can take something that seems so hard, so difficult, and you can say, I count it all joy. I'm putting this in my joy box. Some of you, you need to go through your sorrow box because you got too much stuff in there. Because James said, just go ahead and consider it all joy. Just throw it all in there. I wonder today if you, like me, have been through some stuff in your life and you hadn't realized it's been affecting you. It's been clutter in your mind. Failures from your past. Bad things that happened to you. And it's just laying around your heart and your mind. And sometimes it comes up and you think about it and you don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to deal with the emotions. It's like clutter. You don't know where it goes. And James is telling you, let me tell you where it goes. It's not going to be easy. But consider it all joy. Knowing that when your faith is tested, God is producing in you a greater faith. He's growing you. He's, he's helping you become better. And for the things that you just don't understand, the times where difficulties happen and you just, there's no explanation as why God would allow this to happen. Pastor, I can't find one good thing in it. Can I tell you something? That's when you need faith the most. That's when you need to have faith not just in what God does, but in who he is. I trust you, Father. Sure, my Father, you left me. You promised me that in all things, you're at work for the good of those who love you. I remember that you've been faithful through it all. Oh, thank you, God. These trials are making me stronger. They're making me better. Not because of me, but because I'm learning to trust in you. As I close today, I want to say this humbly as I can, but honestly as I can that I believe I have more faith in God than I ever have before. Amen. And it's not the kind of faith where I believe I can go around and pray and God gives me everything I want. That's what I used to think strong faith was, that I just walk into the funeral home and pray people back to life. That's what strong faith is. But no. I have learned that strong faith often says this, God, I don't understand, but I trust you. And I'm going to remember all of the difficult times of my life with faith. I'm going to count it all as joy. Would you bow your heads for just a moment? Father, we've been challenged today. Something from your word that is not easy to do. It takes intention and effort to lead our thoughts and emotions and to place challenges into our joy box. Lord, I pray that you would help us today to have the kind of
tenacity to dig around, see the clutter in our hearts and in our lives, and remember these things, God, even the things we're going through now, to reclassify, to get them out of the, oh, God, why am I going through this, into the God is doing something big in me box. Hallelujah. I want to consider it all joy, God, because at the end of my day, Lord, thy will be done in me. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I feel this message today. I feel it. This was for me. There's some stuff in my memories in my past that haunts me. Some of you aren't going to realize it till tomorrow. There's stuff in you that you've just let lay. You, you went through it and you just dropped it right where it was in your heart. And your thoughts are the same and your emotions are the same. And it's going to take some effort to pick it up and say, you know what? This don't go here. This needs to go in the joy box. I need to count this as a joy, even if I don't understand it. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand right now to me? Let me see it. Jesus, Jesus. If it's not you today, it's going to be you tomorrow. Because we've all been through some stuff, and we don't realize that it's built up one event at a time. And we need to clean up the clutter today. I want you all to stand right now. Jesus, if you can stand, stand. If you can't.